Last Sunday morning, I talked about being persistent and how that when you are persistent, you know, God always fulfills His Word and He keeps His promise. And all of this week, I have been in a deep, deep, deep time with the Lord. I know people use that term a lot, but I, I mean it. I, I really have. I am at a point, and I, I will say it, and I won't hold back, but I'm at a point where I just, I want to finish strong, and I want, I want to finish the way the Bible says we are to finish. I want to finish under the anointing of God. I want to finish right in the middle of the river of the Spirit of God and God moving. I want the church to be experiencing God in a way like they've never had before, like you've never had before. And God led me to John chapter 14 to confirm for me what I've been wanting and what I've been praying with a scripture that I have never quite understood the way I do right now. And this was Jesus speaking, and he said in the 21st verse of John chapter 14, he said, He, you got to figure out if that's you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him. And this is the part that's really had a hold of me and will manifest myself to him. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. And the Lord has been dealing with me about this. I know a lot of people talk and use the same terminology I'm going to use today. But I'm telling you that God wants to manifest himself once more in a great and mighty way. If you look over in the book of Acts 2, and practically throughout the book of Acts, you'll see that, that just that, that the Lord continued to manifest himself. You see, God manifests himself through the Son. And the Son said that he was going away because God would soon manifest himself through the Spirit. And he did that at the day of Pentecost in the upper room. And then when the Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost, he would then, from that moment on, continue to manifest himself through the church, through man. And see, the Lord is doing this. There's two things that 
kind of get us on the right track to knowing what can be done by me and you and what we can do in order to see God manifest himself one more time. And the first thing is, is what I kind of paused on when I first read verse 21. And that is, first of all, that you must have the commandments. You can't have things that look like the commandments. You can't have just your idea or thoughts or good sayings that you read off of Twitter or Facebook or somewhere. No, you, you've got to hide the word in your heart. You know, through the past three or four months, this pandemic, with the church, I believe people fall into at least three categories that's been on my mind. Either one, you have kind of gotten closer to God. You've maybe read more than you used to read. You've prayed a little more than you used to pray. Your mind's been on God. Or the second group, maybe you haven't changed at all and things have kind of been about where they've always been. You go to church and you pay your tithe and you pray over your food if you think about it or the children say grace and you listen to K-Love occasionally and, pray, and play praise songs sometime. But you haven't really gone any deeper with the Lord. I mean, in the Word, you haven't gotten, you know, any more of a desire for it. You've kept your hobbies up. You've made sure that you've made all the money you could make or you could spend time in the things that mean a lot to you. But for the most part over the past going on four months now, there's not really been a noticeable difference between you and God. And I'm not meaning somebody looking at you or certainly not me judging you. And then there's a third group. And that is that not only have you not gotten any closer, in fact, there's been even more of a distance. And you know, my heart breaks. I can't hardly even get this out. Because that's the group of people that were really two and three that I'm, my heart just breaks over, you know. And um, in order for you to not only make it in, and see, pastors are scared to preach this stuff now. You've got to be saved. You have to live right. You've got to love God with all your heart. You can't be enticed by this world anymore. You won't make it in. I don't care what you've been taught, what doctrine you've grown up under, or who that's on Facebook that you've read that you really admire, or TBN or Daystar. It doesn't matter. Without holiness, no man will see the Lord. And you've got to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You've got to, folks. We can't beat around the bush anymore. People's eternity is at stake. And you've got to keep the commandments of God if you're going to see the Lord manifest Himself now. 
He said, he that hath my commandments. So you got to have them. you got to have them every day. Can't be, well, it's somewhere. It's on my nightstand. No, you've got to have them. They've got to be a part of you, like food is, like bathing, like checking your email every day or charging your cell phone. You've got to have the commandments, you see. You've got to have, if you don't, I, I just really encourage you, start right now developing a new hunger for the Word of God. How can I do that quickly? I hope you turn your TV off and any device that sucks the life out of you and demands your time, cut it off. Just stop it until you can get your lamp trimmed and more oil. He said, you've got to have them. He that hath my commandments. And then the second thing he said, this is real easy. It's not complicated, you see. He that hath my commandments was the first criteria. Then the second is he that keeps them. He that hath my commandments and keeps them. He it is, this is how the Lord identifies and separates really the wheat. That's the one that loves me, see? God's not picking on people, as I've said before. The Lord knows who loves him. The Lord knows who wants him. The Lord knows who really desires him and follows after him. So, you've got to have the commandments of God, number one. And the second part of this scripture says, you've got to keep them. We need to have God to manifest himself right now more than we ever have before. People need to hear in the middle of all of this virus stuff, all of these causes, and all of these changes that people are making because of causes. I'm not even going to get into that stuff. I will, it is not worthy of the pulpit of God. I will tell you this. We need to see God move and see dead people raised and limbs restored and all of the list that I went through earlier. People need to interrupt the world's news with God's news and His manifestations one more time. It needs to happen. 3,000 need to be added. 5,000 needs to be added. All in one message, one more time before the Lord comes back. It's time for God to get the front page again. It's time for God to be what Christians or people that claim to be Christians talk about all the time. It's what you are obsessed with, not something that's materialistic and short-lived in this world. It's time for the world to hear what Jesus is all about and what God is doing. What God even was able to do through a live stream yesterday at my church. That's what needs to happen one more time. And I believe it is somewhere. I believe it can happen and will happen here. I believe that. Because I'm not interested in anything else. I'm not, I don't care about church or things and I've already said it many times, when and if we do assemble again, you may as well forget how this place functioned prior to the 1st of March of this year. 
It's not here anymore. It is not available in this facility as long as God has me behind this pulpit. You may never sit in the seat you used to sit in the old church ever again. If you have sacred cows, they're gone. If you like 12 o'clock, if we're full of the Holy Ghost, it's probably gone. So you've got time to decide what you want to be doing when the trumpet sounds. What kind of frame of mind, what flow you want to be in. Is it that serious, preacher? It's that serious. We've got to have the Lord moving. And one thing that is going to happen that's going to be our first church service, and it probably will be a night service, is we're going to have a prayer service. I know we always have prayer at the end of every month. And God's blessed us. We've had great prayer services. But I don't even want another prayer service. We're going to have a prayer meeting. Now, when I grew up, when you had a prayer meeting, when I was growing up, when you had a prayer meeting, you had a prayer meeting. You knew, and when you walked out of the church, you looked like you had been at a prayer meeting. You didn't look the way you looked when you walked in. And it wasn't a bunch of emotional stuff that people were just trying to put on a show so they could post it on Facebook or live stream it while it was going on. No, when we had prayer, everybody prayed, everybody filled, and everybody experienced the presence of God. God ain't gone anywhere. This week I've been doing a lot of praying, as I've said, but I've also been just looking. I just felt compelled to look at a lot of old revivals all the way back to the 16 and 1700s. And you know what every one I found out had in common? They all started with an uncontrollable desire to pray and gather to pray every day, every evening. I'm, I'm, I ain't talking about the early 1900s. I'm talking about back to the 1700s. In fact, you know, I've spent a lot of time preaching and talking about it's bothering me now that all the preachers feel like they've got to be politically correct and kind of embrace the whole world and, and talk all this stuff about movements and try to all this. And it's, it's really gotten, gotten me to where, God, I, I need to make sure I'm, I'm not falling into a trap. And I'm not falling into a trap. And some of you may have ran across this before, but I found out that one of the greatest moves that's ever happened before, it was initiated by a man that believed in prayer, and he believed that the only way to God was through Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection and living a holy, upright life. And loving God first and foremost above everything else. So God laid it on his heart. And the Holy Ghost gave him a message called sinners in the hands of an angry God. This was preached in 1741 by a man by, a man by the name of Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards would preach this message. And it's been recorded, and it's in uh, historical accounts. It's lived, what, 300 years almost now, that how the message was so intense 
that people were literally gripping the backs of pews and almost putting their handprints in, and they were perspiring, feeling like they were hanging on to a pew from dropping into the, the cavern of hell. The conviction of God was that strong because the man of God was letting people know how serious sin was, how real hell was, but how good God is. And people surrendered to God, and from that, holy fire broke out, and a mighty great awakening and move of God with signs and miracles that accompanied and followed it for many, many months. You hear me? And God wants to do this once more. I tell you, I tell you, you have not because you ask not. Or you ask and you're not serious. Paraphrasing. You're not serious. Well, there was a man in the 32nd chapter of Genesis that got very serious. And this is a story that all of you know. And you have heard. And he couldn't take it anymore. But what happened, he got in trouble. And his brother had kind of left. He had left his brother, Esau, on bad terms. And when time had went by, the Bible tells us that Jacob had to Moved because his father-in-law kept doing him wrong. He would change his wages over 10 times. He had to work 14 years for his daughter. And I'll say it like this. The first seven years, he gave him a fake daughter. Well, not the one that he agreed on. Then he had to work seven more years. And he was faithful in agriculture, all the things. And so it just got to a point where he had to leave. So he packed up all of his belongings and all the people that were a part of his family and that worked for him, with him, and he left. Well, lo and behold, he came to the country of where his brother uh, Esau was. And so he sent everybody, including his family, ahead of him. He even sent a lot of gifts with some of his servants ahead of him because he was afraid his brother was going to kill him for what happened when they were younger. And so he sent everybody ahead. And you need to read that story if you're not familiar with it. But when he sent them ahead, the Bible says, see, this comes from desperation. He got along with God. And the Bible says in verse 24, and I'm sorry. Well, I'm not sorry. I love God, and I've been having church today, and I've been having a time with my nose and coughing and everything else. So I just hope that you are okay. But verse 24 says, after everybody left, Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he, talking about God, touched the hip socket. And the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for daybreaks. This is God speaking to, to Jacob. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you 
bless me. So God said to him, What is your name? Now God knew what his name was, but he was doing this for a reason. He said, Jacob. And he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. See, and I'm going to stop for a minute. I believe God wants to get me to a place, hallelujah, where he's going to bless me so much that everybody's going to know that I'm not the man I used to be. My name is not even really what it used to be. What you were used to referring and calling me by is not even my name anymore. You're going to know that God did a work in my life. I believe God wants to get you to a place where God can do such a work in your life that not even your name is going to be relevant anymore because you're going to be defined and called by your new God-blessed name of what God's going to do when He pours His Spirit out one more time. And the Bible says, He said, you're not going to be called Jacob anymore, but you're going to be called Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, Tell me your name, I pray. And he said, Why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of the place Penal. For, and this is what it means, For I have seen God face to face. And my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over Peniel, the sun rose up on him, and he limped on his hip. Therefore, to this day, the children of Israel do not eat the muscle that shrank, which is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob and his hip in the muscle that actually shrank. Jacob learned something that day that I want you to learn right now. The first thing is that Jacob got to a place where he had to get along with God. And that's what he did. Jacob got along with God. You want to write this down or just listen real good? That's what you need to do. Because you might be that hungry person. You might be that desperate. You might be that person that's being pursued. You might be the person that's just thirsty. It's time to get along with God, folks. Jacob not only got along with God, the Bible tells us that Jacob was persistent. He said, I'm not leaving. I'm not letting you go. Jacob was persistent. It's time for us to do what we've heard all our lives and we read in the Bible. We've got to tarry. We were told in the second chapter of Acts that those people, that was probably part of the people that saw him, maybe when the group of 500 or maybe the 5,000 or 4,000 that ate from his hand. But 120 people went and actually tarried when God told them to tarry, and they received. They were persistent. They didn't let any obligation or thing that they felt like was important they didn't let that stop them from being persistent. They were persistent, and they stayed in the upper room. Jacob was persistent. The third thing that you and I have to do, Jacob 
got what he went for. We have to grab a hold of the horns of the altar and we have to tarry all night in prayer. We have to pray. We've got to seek God while he may be found. And we say, God, we're not moving and I'm not going to stop praying until I come and get what I showed up to get today. And Jacob left there limping. And I'm going to tell you, we're at a time in our lives, folks, when we have to get along with God. I want to ask you, when's the last time you've been in the presence of God? You said, Lord, I'm not leaving. I'm going to have, I've got to have a breakthrough. I've, I've got to have, Lord, I've got to have a move. I've got to see. I've got to have peace. I've got to have an answer. God, I'm not leaving this place. I will stay here all night. I will call in work. I won't eat food. But I'm not leaving this prayer closet. I'm not leaving this altar. I'm not leaving this prayer meeting until I get what I came here for. God, I've got to hear from you. I've got to get from you what I need right now, Lord. You are. I am that lady with the issue of blood. I've spent all that I have. And I'm not leaving here until I touch the hem of your guard and I feel virtue from you. Lord we've got to do that one more time when's the last time you've prayed so much you worship so much in this church or at your house and you and you were so moved by God you were touched by God that when you left you left limping that's good church right there I don't care who you are that's some good church right there you know we used to sing an old song growing up You won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. Bound, oppressed, tormented, sick, or lame. For the Holy Ghost of Acts is still the same. You won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. I'm ready to leave here, hallelujah, in a whole different way than I came. Hallelujah. I might have come in talking about something, but I want to leave this church talking about the goodness of God. I might have come in with my shirt tail in, but I'm ready to get so strung out on God right in the middle of all y'all that I leave here look like I've been working on a car. I don't care anymore. I want to leave here in a different way. I want to dwell with God until I get what He has. He's not slack concerning His way. His hand is not short concerning His promises. God will for, He will complete what He started in my life he will complete what he started in this church he that hath called you is faithful and he is true and he's just and he will establish it and he will make his name great among you but we've got to be persistent and we've got to seek God and we've got to want to see the mighty move of God one more time so I want to ask you today before we pray this is this is important folks I know it's after 12 o'clock, and I thank my God that church has been that good. Hallelujah, I thank God. Lord, God forgive me if we ever let a clock. Let me turn everything I got in, Lord. If we ever let a clock determine how long we're going to worship you. Lord, people are so willing to stay at ball games until they're over with. They're willing to wait in line until the shopping doors open. They're willing to do whatever to get the first of this that comes out. They're willing to run their youngins all over the kingdom come to get them what they want. God, forgive us if we ever put you on a clock ever again. 
So I wanted you to ask yourself the questions God asked me to put before you this morning. And the first one is, what do you want? Don't you tell me nothing material. Don't you dare tell me you want money, trains, planes, or automobiles. I don't want to hear that. That ain't going to draw you closer to God. It ain't going to win nobody to Jesus. And it ain't going to, it's not going to cause a mighty revival to break out. We don't need anything else, do we? You don't want to say amen, but I'm going to say it. We don't need anything else. He knows what you need before you even ask it. You don't need nary other thing. I don't need anything else. We got too much as it is. We don't need anything else. We need the Holy Ghost. That's what we need. We need the power of God to slap us silly that we can't even talk right. We don't need anything. What do you want? What I'm telling you, I'm being up front for you to decide if you want to come back to this church or not. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Do you not want people to come back, preacher? Is that what I'm hearing? See, I, you, you missed the whole message because of flesh and carnality. and That's called conviction. I ain't said that. I'm asking you, what do you want? Are you hungry for a move of God? Do you want to see God move? Do you want to see what he said in John 14, 21? To manifest himself to you, through you. Do you want that? What do you want? The second thing God asked me to ask you, are you willing to stay with God? And keep your eyes on Jesus until you get it. Are you willing to do that? No, I got to be at Grandma's to eat it. Nine minutes after 12, so we got to leave about five till. I'm talking like when we used to have people here, you know, back in the old days. Ah, uh, there's a ball game comes on. Uh, there's a race coming on. My children's got soccer, uh, you know, because now at 1 o'clock or whatever. You know, I'm saying all these vague things. I can't think of people and all that. But I, I, I'm not a fool. I know how the devil works. So, see... And, and, you know, I, I, I'm just going by the Holy Ghost right now. When you walk into God's house, and if you're watching and you go to another church, listen to this. I hope your pastor would appreciate me saying this. God will. That's who is important to me. But if you walk into a sanctuary, and you've already been pre-programmed by this world and schedules and things, you've been pre-programmed by everything but the Word. What does the Word say? I will enter His gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter His courts with praise. If anything other than that is on your mind, you don't care what God wants to do today. You just want to know how quick can we do it and get back out there to where we're really living. You need to trim your lamp, friend. Are you willing to stay with God? Because God's going to do it. I don't know if we're going to have five or 600 in here when he does it, or if we're going to have about eight on a Sunday night or a Monday night. I don't know. All I need is one more according to this word, and it, and it can happen. Captain, it can happen. Are you willing to stay with God. We, we, we can't move fast past this. Are you willing to stay with God and keep your eyes on Jesus? I talked about focus two weeks ago. That's what it, it It's got to come down to that. And the last thing, we're going to pray right now. Whatever that number one is that you want, is it going to build the kingdom? Is it going to bring revival? 
is it going to cause a mighty move of God? Is it going to change your name? Is it going to turn into something great and mighty that you've never seen or we haven't even heard stories about? Is it? I want you to close your eyes wherever you, unless you are driving a vehicle. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes no matter where you are. I want you to close your eyes. God has already said that he will do this in your life. God's already said that he will be faithful. And he will cause this to happen. But we've got to make our calling and our election sure. You see, I talked about a hard saying, and I want you to listen to me. Listen with your eyes closed. Listen to me. We are getting down to the wire, folks. And we've got to decide. It's a decision. We've got to make a conscious, fleshly decision. Are we going to sell out for Jesus and not move from that location and that mindset until we're going to look like Quakers. We're going to look like fools for Christ's sake. That's exactly what he said you would look like. And he said you would qualify when you keep his commandments and you have them because that's the only thing that does you any good. He said you would be able to see him manifest himself. And that song, I cannot get it out of my system. I just want to be with you. Is that your prayer? If it's not your prayer, see, we got to do some work. I don't care how long you've been saved, if you taught Sunday school, if you were a superintendent, if you were a deacon, an elder, or anything. I don't care. That's all religion. Listen to me. The closer that any woman gets to her wedding day, the more she gets consumed with her wedding day. Ladies will even take off of work sometimes the whole week. Just so they can be ready. I'm going home. Stuff I have, I don't care about it anymore. I want to see God move. You know, a long time ago, I had a vision. A long time ago, when we first built this church, I had two. I'm going to tell you about both of them. I've done blown 12 o'clock. I've got 11 minutes before the streaming will actually go off for six minutes, so I'm going to make this quick. The first dream was vision the right front corner of this church I saw fire I've told you this many times I know I have and God showed me that it would start and it would move throughout the whole sanctuary I believe the time is now I saw another vision that the Lord gave me 
where in the foyer, we have a high ceiling if you've never been in our foyer. It's about 12, 18, 20 feet almost. But I saw in the foyer up there wheelchairs and rockers and gurneys, uh, all kinds of things. Reports of people being healed of cancer, marriage license put by I, I saw all this stuff it, it was like a museum of miracles I believe with all my heart everybody's talked about I just want to redo 2020 over again no sir I believe God has set it all up for such a time as this for us to see great and mighty things we know not of one more time I believe 2020 is going to be a movement of God not a movement of a virus or a movement of some kind of racial activity or any kind of political junk I believe 2020 has the headlines of a Holy Ghost move of God with signs and miracles and wonders that's what I believe hey the Bible says where sin abounds grace abounds so much more than that if you're not a believer all you got to do is say Jesus y'all help me out I'm a sinner and I want to be saved I just want to be with you. And the rest of us. You ask those three questions to yourself. I just want to be with you. Is this the song of your life for the rest of your life? This is you. I just want to be with you. Sing this prayer. Sing it. I just want to be King of glory. King. And point at your heart when you say place. King of glory. Fill this place. I just want to be with you. That's all, Lord. Just wanna be
just want to be with you. I just want to be with you. King of God, glory. We can't make it another day. On leftovers. We need a fresh anointing. We need God, a manifestation. It's not made by man. I pray, God, that we would allow this word today to burn in our hearts, Lord, and change the rest of our lives. Help us, God, to wrestle in prayer and in the word and praise until we see it happen. King of glory. In the name of Jesus, I believe. This place. I just want to be with you. I just want to be with you. Sing it one more time. King. Just wanna be with you. Just one. 